2: What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodnet on Twitter. You can search the hashtag TPPN. We are back. Um, interesting game yesterday. A lot more defensive than I thought it was going to be. As we will recap the Chargers and the Chiefs game. Unfortunately, my hero, the my kindred spirit. I mean the. My my king really and Justin Herbert got injured. We'll talk a little bit about what that means. We will also preview all of the rest of the week to slate, gentlemen. Dennis and Matt. For those of you not watching live, how you guys doing?
1: I am doing pretty good. It's felt like it should be Friday for about four days now, and it finally is. Had a nice Nice. anniversary night out on Wednesday. Well, you guys did the show, yeah
2: been like four mondays in a row for me i'm waiting for tuesday to hit because it's been well
1: they've been they felt like mondays it's just felt like it should be friday it's like can it be friday yet and it finally got here but anniversary was good on wednesday nice massage average dinner you know Whatever I feel like you'd want the
2: maybe it's just me because I love food. I think I'd rather have it the other way around. I think I'd rather have average massage nice dinner. I, th- I think that's how I'd prefer it.
1: Well, I get food all the time. I don't get a lot of massages. I
3: don't know how to follow that. I made it back. Do from you Phoenix. get a lot
2: of massages? I let's don't. ask let's ask Deshaun I, Watson. Oh, that's too far. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Damn. Damn. Sorry. I, I made it back I'm sorry. from
1: Phoenix. I'm sorry. Well, my yeah, wife that. was in the same room with me getting a massage also, so nothing untoward happened, as far as you know.
3: Not with third parties, anyway. There you go. <laughs> uh, I made it back from Phoenix. I don't normally work on Friday. I had to work this Friday. I felt very much like uh, Dante from Quirks. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Um, it was very eventful.
2: Yeah, it sounds like it, obviously, you know. We won't dive into that, but uh yeah, sounds like uh you're really not too happy that you had to work today. So let's uh let's just dive straight into the game, though. I mean Chargers unfortunately lose twenty-seven to twenty-four. More importantly, they we don't know if they've lost them yet, but they get their their quarterbacks hurt, I believe there was a report He has back. a okay.
3: fractured rib card I was just listening to it okay. I They saw said the they're going to see but... how he's doing Next Wednesday and evaluate If he's going to be available to practice um, On the NFL Radio, Jim Miller was a Quarterback, um, he said that's That Herbert would have Been better off if he cracked or broke a rib
2: Yeah, so I've actually had that Because of a car accident, I think it's worse than I've broken my ribs too, I feel like that's Ten times worse
1: so, look, he's going to get a shot. You saw him out there without getting a shot, throwing that beautiful pass. Once he realized he couldn't run and shouldn't run and try to throw on the run, you know, then it was like, okay, let me just do something. He, he gutted it out. He toughed it out. He probably should take a week off, but he's probably not going to chase Daniels it, it back there going, dude, you got this. You're
2: doing great. You look great, man. Well,
3: Keep their going. next game is – 10 days away and they get the Jaguars at home. So.
2: I mean, it just sucks because he's so damn talented. I mean, you could see it right after it happened. Like he almost couldn't throw the ball at first. So I'm, I personally would love to see him take a week. My fantasy teams wouldn't like it. I'm very heavily invested in Justin Herbert, but I think for like his long-term health, I would like to see him at least get a week. But I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, it ain't going to take a week to get healed up from that. And and any hit, regardless of a shot, they put the flak jacket on there, like any hits going to cause that. I mean, breathing causes issues for that. That is not a fun injury to deal with. But Matt, you talked a little bit about it on the, the preview show. I mean, Mike Williams stepped up in a big way for Keenan Allen. What were your thoughts on him? And what do you think happens with Mike Williams once Keenan Allen returns? It sounds like he could be back by three.
3: Yeah. I think the last couple of years, it's been the consistency for, Mike Williams, you know, last year he started out fast and furious. There was a lot of comparisons to him having that kind of Michael Thomas 2019 season. See, Mikey cooled off on the back stretch. Wasn't heavily involved in week one, definitely got peppered with targets, great matchups, and he made stuff happen. I, you know, they invested in him in the offseason. I think there is room for he and Keenan Allen, and it looks like Gerald Everett to all have a role and to all be fantasy relevant. So hopefully he continues to make the most of his targets.
1: Now, I, it was interesting to me that with that both uh, Palmer and Everett, my big concern isn't so much that Williams maintains a role. It's, can both of them maintain a role or is one of them going to disappear or will it make for a rotating, you know, third receiving option that forever frustrates everybody the rest of the season? Um, Because Palmer looked good. Everett looked good. I probably have um, not been high enough on Everett. Part of that is my love for Donald Parham who can't seem to stay healthy so it might be time for me to start checking out there
2: yeah i thought everett looked uh, really good uh, the pumping up of him this off season might end up being one although i know he was tired but
1: that would be a better effort than that. <laughs> that's 100% on him
2: unfortunately <laughs> you can tell too it was um, we were having a meeting at the time but like i was watching the game with no volume and like you could just see like justin herbert is very even killed like just kind of doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. He looks so annoyed standing on the sideline after that interception. Everett comes up. You can just tell Everett was like, I was trying to get subbed out, and, this, and then Herbert was just like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, poor guy. 100% on Everett. That, that, that interception should come off Justin Herbert's stats and go straight on to Gerald Everett. Dennis, I mean...
3: Also, why why the hell didn't they just let him come off? I mean, if the guy's because, sick and win and telling you...
2: So... I did not know this part. There are two things. They were they were. It was high tempo. They were rushing it to line. So I think because if you let him off, you had to let the defense sub at that point, right? Correct. Secondly, I didn't know that the Chargers apparently only had two active tight ends last night. Mm-hmm. I think that might have been the other issue. So I, I personally, I'm with you mostly because we saw he threw an interception because Gerald Everett was dead tired from that run, but you still got to give a, like, even if you're not going to catch it, like smack it down or something. Don't let it go straight to the defender for an easy interception. Like, come on. But Dennis, we saw CH. I mean, he had a big run again last night. Uh, let's just be honest. All three of us were fairly low on him based on what he's done the past couple years. Do you think he's going to be able to maintain this consistency throughout the rest of the season? I mean, it seems like Andy
1: Reed has a plan to use him with the majority of the touches for the running back uh pacheco going to get a little bit mckinnon it worries me a little bit that mckinnon seems to be the guy they're putting in there in the red zone that is a little bit concerning but based on ceh's uh early career red zone work it's not necessarily surprising um and then pacheco had a opportunity to convert um a short-distance da- short third down last night and did not convert that either. Um, if they s- keep struggling in the short-yardage stuff, you may actually see Ronald Jones be active because he's, what, 220? Um, but, yeah, I think CEH is the back you want there. If I have him as my RB2 uh, or even a flex, you know, I think that's winning. I don't know that he was going late enough to be considered a zero RB um, running back, but he's certainly looking good early in the season uh, with, I would like maybe a little more passing down work, but I'll take uh, 74 yards and four receptions.
3: I mean, I, I think that's the encouraging part. To me, I'm interested that you say you'd like more receiving work. He's been at least consistently getting three or four receptions both of the games. I think it's a good sign that he's involved. They have a lot of weapons and a lot of targets. I I think part of their whole plan with this new look offense was anyone can beat you at any time, and they're not trying to just focus on propping up a couple of players. So from that standpoint, it was a bummer this game he didn't end up getting the running back receiving touchdown because mckinnon had come in for him but the game prior he got a couple of touchdowns i actually think ceh goes back to me to being somebody that i'm interested in as a high-end flex or low-end rb 2
1: yeah it was looking at the snap counts mckinnon actually did out snap him um 44 to 47 percent but uh Edwards Allaire out-touched him 6-12. to
2: I think the one thing that helps CEH is it just seems like this offense has changed too. Ever since last year, they really seem to be uh, toward, toward the playoffs when we saw Patrick Mahomes trying to do everything. And it felt like Andy Reid has finally tried to kind of rein him in a little bit. I think the loss of Tyree Kill as well. I don't think they want him doing so much of the backyard football and they're trying to make this a certain game plan that might actually end up helping CEH here in the long run. All right. So let's preview the week to NFL slate. And we're going to start with the and one, New York jets at the one and Oh Cleveland Browns. Dennis, is there a jets receiver you're confident in starting this week against that Browns defense?
1: I mean, define confidence. Um, it looks like Corey Davis might be the guy that you want based on draft cost during uh redraft draft season. I mean he was going at like wide receiver one hundred or, or more, and he had I think what was it, nine targets last uh last week? Yeah, ten targets last week. I mean, but Wilson had eight, more had seven, Barrios had six. So they're do you think is Flacco going to throw it fifty nine times again? I mean that seems that seems high, especially for a seventy one year old quarterback. Uh, I think Moore is the guy I want, but it, it seems like the the offense isn't going to be productive enough to support multiple guys each week. I mean they may get targets, but not necessarily high quality targets. But Gosh, I mean, what, 25 targets between the three of them is certainly a um, good opportunity. So I don't want them as anything more than a flex because you just don't know.
3: There's no receiver, I'm confident, starting. Dennis is right. It did seem like Corey Davis, but even then – feels like a flex I'm more bullish on the running backs because they were getting a lot of dump off targets and they're also going to get some carries that seem to be where the fantasy value is when when Zach Wilson comes back hopefully that'll change
2: yeah I mean I'd love for him to throw it 75 times with Clowney and Garrett coming off the the edges there against that bad offensive line it, it's gonna be a great day for them I I I am avoiding practically the entire Jets offense. I actually would not, um I kind of agree with Matt. I'd be fine starting Brees Hall and Michael Carter. I'm not and, and honestly, Conklin. He he got, I believe, a touchdown last week. I again, I think that's the weakness of the Browns defense is that those linebackers and I don't know that they put bring down a safety and put them on Conklin. So I might actually feel fine starting Conklin as well, but I'm avoiding all the wide receivers. Matt, Donovan Peoples Jones was targeted a lot last week uh, looked fairly good. Is he a flex worthy option for you this week?
3: Yeah, I think I would consider depending on my options, putting him in the flex as you're going to see, there aren't a lot of incredible games this week, especially on the Sunday slate. Last night was one of the better games. Monday night has two of the best games. Sunday slate's a little bit more of a toss up. I liked the volume that People's Jones saw last week, but at the same time, I think we need to see Brissett more than one week in a, in a game uh, to get a better sense of who he's going to target.
1: I mean, People's Jones played eighty two percent of the snaps and he got eleven targets. That's really really a good opportunity, um, but man, I I need to see more out of Jacoby Brissett. He was not highly productive it was everything was just so short no yardage it was it was really really tough
2: yeah we're talking deepest of leagues in my opinion I, i don't know if it i would not start him if you're talking just regular 12 team one flex i probably would not start dpj could go off we know he's got the that big game potential and and breaking a big play but i would not start him this week uh and honestly i'd probably be in pinching in joku too i thought could be a sleeper at tight end but that was a bad performance for him in that one i don't know why because i feel like this is a trap game but i'm gonna go ahead and take the browns to beat the jets
1: browns for me as well
3: and for me
2: The 1 0 Washington Commanders at the 0 1 -1 Detroit Lions. Dennis, how do we feel about TJ Hawkinson in your Lions?
1: He's he's kind of becoming in a 12 team league. I think Hawkinson is quickly headed towards streamer status. Um, You know, he's one of those better for real football than he is for fantasy tight ends he'll have a good game kind of but he's becoming touchdown dependent and you, you just don't know i like him as a player i think as a lions fan he's definitely a guy i want on the team but for fantasy i i just don't have a ton of faith
3: yeah same for me i think he's i still have him like low low in tight end one but i don't feel a lot of confidence
2: yeah, I try. I, I talked about that a little bit this offseason. I was worried about the Hawkinson. He kind of dropped for me. We just haven't seen the consistency, and I think that's going to continue to pop up. Gator, um, uh, for those of you on the podcasting uh, side here, asked what happened with Njoku. Nothing happened. He didn't get injured or anything. He just wasn't really targeted. And as Dennis mentioned, Jacoby Brissett just looked bad. I don't. Uh, I don't know that. Uh, I
1: mean, I'm I'm sitting there calling for Josh Dobbs. I'm, I'm like.
2: He, like So the reason I think, it, myself included, uh, boosted Njoku up was because Brissette made Jack Doyle a thing in Indy when he started, and we thought maybe he would target Njoku a lot. It just didn't seem—maybe it was one game overreacting. I'm just saying, like, personally, I would not start him this week. I In a league, just—I mean, I got lucky because I picked up Gerald Everett, who's still available. I picked up Everett. And put him in over in Joku. Another one I actually picked up Tyler Conklin, and I'm playing Conklin over in Joku. I just I need to see it now at this point. Yeah, exactly. 87 percent snap share, one target. Like that's that's horrible. You, give me four targets. Like give me something. It was it was not a great day, but a lot of that I think is 100 percent on Jacoby Brissett. Matt, how do we feel about Curtis Samuel? Who you know we. We're excited when he made the move over to Washington following his former offensive coordinator injuries has not really been able to put it all together since the one year in Carolina looked really good in week one though.
3: Yeah. And I think we saw in week one, what I I had been excited about the potential of going over there, which was the opportunity they got him involved carrying the ball. They got him involved as a receiver. Um, I do think that there's some potential there for him to go back to being a weekly flex option.
1: Yeah, I'm not necessarily concerned about the role being there. Based on the last couple seasons, I'm more concerned, can he hold up to the role being there? I mean, they do have some weapons with Dotson flashing. Logan Thomas is back and seems to be as good as ever. Um, so there, there is reason to not give him so much volume. So that may end up being very game script dependent. So instead of, you know, 10 or 12 touches, I think probably 7 or 8 is probably more the should be more of the expectation for Curtis Samuel. But man, he he did look real good.
2: Yeah, I mean, if we're talking redraft leagues, if there's any reason that he didn't get picked up, which I imagine he did because of the week he just had, I would definitely snag him and keep him on my bench to see what happens again this week. But I think Carson Wentz is not going to be afraid to target him heavily. I want to pick the Lions, but I really feel like the Commanders are unfortunately going to win this game. So I'm going to take the Commanders.
1: I'm going with the home field advantage and taking the Lions
2: myself.
3: I'm also taking the Lions.
2: Lately, I've been listening to a lot of my favorite sports podcasts using Raycon's Wireless 3 AirBuds. Raycon's everyday AirBuds look, feel, and sound better. Better than ever, actually, with optimized gel tips and a perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable, they will not budge whenever you're moving around. Trust me, I work on a job that requires me to move 24-7. They're never falling out of my ear, which I appreciate. Not only that, but Raycon gives you 8 hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. Raycons are priced just right to get the quality audio at half the price. Other premium audio brands charge you a lot. And no, it's no wonder why Raycon's everyday earbuds have over fifty five-star reviews. My favorite things about them, the earbud tap function. When I'm sitting there talking to somebody and didn't realize that my podcast is still going, I can quickly just tap the button to stop what I'm doing. Noise isolation as well is incredible for me. I get to some loud Environment sometimes, and I'm able to actually just listen and hear just what I want to, which is my sports stuff. They're telling me what I need to know to continue moving about my day. I use them all the time, whether I'm working out, working, or honestly just sitting at home and listening to sports podcasts, sometimes some music to get in the mood. I'm not going to lie to you guys, a little bit of Harry Styles. It's not the same as it was. It gets me going. I love that kind of music. It puts me in a working kind of atmosphere at home when I'm working on everything for the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Go to buyraycon.com slash tppn today to get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash tppn to score 15% off. Again, buyraycon.com slash tp and some of the best headphones that I have used to go get them today. They're worth it, guys. Go get them. Sorry. Yep. So next uh, next game
3: up, we have the 1-0 Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the 1-0 New Orleans Saints. One of the curious things about the Tom Brady era in New Orleans is he is 0-4 in the regular er, in Tampa Bay. He's 0-4 in the regular season at New Orleans. Dennis, can he change that?
1: Not only can he, he will. Um, I know they're. What is Godwin officially out? I think I saw that earlier. Godwin today. is
3: officially out, and I don't. I don't think think Julio returned to like a limited practice.
1: Yeah, but I mean, well, Julio. I think because he's forty eight, they're gonna. It'll be Wednesdays off, limited Thursday. You know, maybe even limited Friday. But they've got Gage, they've got Brait, they've got Otten, and they've got Mike Evans. And then you throw in Rashad White looked really good, and then Lenny looked great. And while he seems to be a little bit dinged up, I'm not overly concerned this week with the uh, New Orleans pass rush with Davenport and Cam Jordan. And uh, I I feel like it's going to be an awful lot of short stuff this week uh, because that center of that offensive line is – a weakness for Tampa. But then on the other side, they're down weapons as well. So I, I think this is the week Brady gets the Saints.
3: Yeah, and I I think Brady could win, but there's something about it. It just seems like he, he has trouble with New Orleans and something about that defensive scheme and Dennis Allen. One thing I will be curious about is New Orleans the past few years has had a really great rush defense. Week one, that was a real problem. They allowed 192 yards rushing combined to Cordero Patterson and Marcus Mariota. If they let Lenny run wild, I think that's gonna be the best sign for Tom
1: Brady. Well, I don't think you're not gonna get a ton of RPO action out of Jameis. I mean, you'll get some for the look, but I don't think I don't think they'll seriously consider that Jameis will run the way that Mariota did. I, I think well, be, against, be. yeah, the, oh, that's what I mean. Um, But I don't think Brady's uh, not going to run at all. (laughs) Yeah, never mind. I was I was making a point the other way that didn't exist. Let's move on. (laughs) So uh, Alvin Kamara
3: is officially questionable. So, too, is Mark Ingram and uh, Dwayne Washington. If Kamara misses, is there a New Orleans back that interests you?
1: I, I don't think so. You know, last year, Tony Jones for about a week was a, a hot waiver wire pickup. Um, and looking at their practice squad, I don't even know that they have a. They have yeah, a They don't really. Murray. Oh, yeah. They just signed. Yeah. So it's Murray and Tony Jones, if the other guys all miss time. Dwayne Washington is a core special teamer. Um, You know, he, he goes all the way back to being at Detroit. He's not a guy that you're going to give 20 carries to. So if Ingram and or Kamara miss, I I think the the running game is going to be pretty uh, non-existent for the saints. Now, the way that Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and, Chris Olave looked last week, that may not matter. Um, they may just go, we're going to chuck it 50 times because that's what we have, and that could be successful. But I think they'll, it'll be a, well, we're going to run a running play to keep to keep them honest, and if something happens positive, then, then that's it. But I, I feel like at least one of Ingram or Kamara is going to play.
3: Yeah, and I'm kind of with you. If Kamara missed, there isn't another back that I'd want out of New Orleans.
1: Actually, or I, I just looked at my notes, and I totally missed this. Um, Taysom Hill might be the back to start. If both of them miss, I think it wouldn't surprise me to see Taysom Hill get 20 carries if if, uh, if they both miss, Now that I, now that I was looking at my notes instead of the sheet. Yeah,
3: I still think for me, if I rostered Kamara, the uh, replacement for him in my lineup would be a running back from another team.
1: Right. I concur.
3: So uh, I'm taking the Saints. Who are you guys taking?
1: Uh, as I said in my uh, opening sequ- silico- silico- soliloquy, um, I'm taking
2: uh, the Bucks. I'm taking Brady to break it. I'm going to take Tampa Bay as well. Next up, the 0-1 Carolina Panthers at the, surprisingly, 1-0 New York Giants. Matt, will will we get a better game from CMC here?
3: I hope so. Um, You know, the big question coming into the season was, could he stay healthy? The big question coming out of week one is, what about that offense and that line? Carolina's entire offense looked bad, and somehow um, they've managed to make – They've become kryptonite for Christian McCaffrey. Ten carries, 33 yards, wasn't a super impressive performance. I figure
1: he has nowhere to go but up. I mean, Hilliard was productive in passing downs for Tennessee against them. So I, I feel like you know, CMC's a better receiving back than uh uh it's not Dalton Hilliard. I forget who that Don is Dontrell Don Hilliard. Yeah. Uh, showing my age again. Uh, both with not remembering and the recall of Dalton Hilliard. Um, but Hilliard was productive. So I, I do think there is a little bit of optimism for CMC managers. Uh, I'm not giving up on it yet. Uh, I, I, If I have him, you know, obviously he was still going first round. And if you have him, you're not going to sit him in week two. So I, I'm hopeful that uh, CMC is productive this week.
2: Yeah, it's it was crazy to see Frank Wright coaching the Indianapolis Colts and the Carolina Panthers offense at the same time. I was yeah. – you know, kind of forgetting that their best player was even on that team. And that rule
3: wishes he was Frank
2: Crick. He was coaching like him. I, I really hope that he has a bounce-back game because there were chances there, in my opinion. I watched a lot of that Browns game. They just, for whatever reason, weren't getting the ball. The, there was a few times that they didn't. He looked good making multiple players miss, like, in a phone booth. He was surrounded by defenders and making a miss. So, health will be big, but also, you know, can he, you know – get past, uh, I guess, uh, my God, I forgot his name already. I guess he doesn't matter anymore, but uh, whatever the the offensive coordinator's name is now. McAdoo, there we go. And Uh, and McAdoo. Couldn't think of him. We just talked about it. Dennis, um, I know you love these questions. Is there a receiver you trust to start on the Giants this week?
1: Kenny Galladay, psych. I I think Sterling Shepard is the only one you can really trust. I mean, Daniel Jones loves him. And I mean, he's only got like two more games before he goes back on IR. So if you got Sterling Shepard, start him now before he breaks. Uh, it, Richie James with five catches for 59 yards out of nowhere. I don't know what's going on with Kadarius Tony in the front office. Um, you know, they're saying it's an injury, but I'm a little skeptical. It seems like there's something going on with young Joker there. So I, I don't know, you know. Until Galladay does a little bit more, maybe, you know, coming off of an off-season injury, you know, they said he looked stiff in training camp. Maybe Daniel Jones just doesn't trust him yet to to throw up those YOLO balls that, that make Galladay so successful. Um, Wandale's out this week. It's, you know, is it a David Sills week out of nowhere? Maybe for DFS I'm popping Sills into the lineup.
3: If you're starting a Giants receiver, you've already lost. Right. That's, yeah, I'm not taking them. I am, however, picking the Giants. I, so am I. Holy mackerel.
1: I mean, I know I just, who
3: would have thought week two we'd be. I think it's Brian. I like to think I'm picking Brian Dable and not uh, and just nothing to do with Daniel Jones.
1: I I definitely think it's Brian Dable and Saquon Barkley that we're picking. You know, they did invest some in the offensive line, and while it didn't show up last week, I do think it will continue to gel.
2: Yeah, I am taking the Giants as well. As much as I'd love to see Baker get off the schneid here, Barkley looked amazing, and I I do think a lot of it is just how great of a coach Brian Dayball is. The 0-1 New England Patriots going up against the 1-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. Matt, is there any Patriot you feel confident starting this week?
3: That's really a negative. No one I feel confident starting. That Pittsburgh defense looked good. I know they're missing – T.J. Watt, but I I like Malik Reed coming in there. I think if I was pressed and had to put my life on it, I might still put Damian Harris in a flex, and there is actually a sad league where I have to play him because of injuries.
1: Yeah, with losing uh, Ty Montgomery might benefit Harris and Stevenson and make them have to be used in a consistent fashion. I'm still okay starting Jacoby Myers uh, as a deep flex. You know, if you've got three wide receivers, two flex, so as then you're looking at him as maybe a wide receiver four or five. Uh, Myers is the one there. I don't think that last week changed the perception of that. And I think him and Mac have some chemistry. And so if I have to start, if I have to start one guy, I'm probably going to go with Jacoby Myers over Damian Harris. Um, But those would be the two guys I would lean on.
2: Yeah, this is probably a bad call, but I think I'm still fine starting Damian Harris. I know he didn't have a great week last week. I still think he's going to end up being the guy, but it would really just be him for me. Offensive line did not look good last week. I mean, I know that the Steelers don't have Watt, but I still think that defense is going to be really good. Mac Jones didn't look great. He's dealing with a back injury now, too, I believe. Like, I think this is going to be the first time in a very long time we may see the Patriots start out 0-2. Typically, they do not lose back-to-back games. I think it's a realistic shot that happens uh, this weekend. Matt, what did you think about Najee Harris, though? I mean, he literally went from a guy who less than a week ago was going to be out four to six weeks with some kind of Liz Frank injury. Then it went to four to two weeks or two to four weeks because of a sprained ankle. Now he's perfectly fine, healthy. He's playing Sunday.
3: Yeah, they say he's off the injury report, which is good news about you feeling confident if you are starting him. I still have him as an RB two this week. Their line didn't look great. Um, their offense, I think, is still a work in progress, and New England still has a decent defense. So I'm I'm not top twelve.
1: Yeah, I th- I think that he's he's going to have to produce in the the passing game to to be a top performer. I'm encouraged. I mean, the only note I have on this is, uh, you know, it's how do we feel about Najee Harris in week two? Uh, fucking nervous as hell. But now that he's off the injury report, for me, uh, at some point we just got to believe these guys, and you, you can't always try to outsmart them. They, they have to report honestly to the NFL because of gambling issues. And so I, if he's off it, I'm believing that he's fine. He's probably going to have a foot thing that he's got to manage all season, but I don't think it's limiting him in any way. So I feel okay about him.
2: Yeah. I mean, you, chances are you don't have a better option than him? Like, unless you're in, I just happen to be lucky You know, if that I, in a league, I, I roster Najee, I have Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley, then I'm more than happy to start both of those over him. Typically, you're not going to to be lucky like that. I'm honestly afraid of starting anybody on this New England – I'm sorry, on the Pittsburgh offense. I think you have to start everybody. Pat Fryermuth is the only guy like, I'm perfectly fine, feeling like he's going to produce for me in my lineup. And I'm going to take the Steelers to win. And, and, again, send New England to 0-2, which we rarely see since Bill Belichick has taken over.
3: I'm also taking the
2: Steelers. It's a clean sweep. The 0 and one Indianapolis Colts against the and one Jacksonville Jaguars. Dennis, I mean, right now, believe Pittman's going to play. If he does or doesn't, is there anybody else on this receiving court you want to start?
1: I don't know about want to start, but now that we know um, uh, Pierce is out this week, it does clear it up some. It makes me feel more comfortable about starting Paris Campbell. If I, if I have to, uh, I don't really have anywhere that I have to, but if I, if you're looking at it and saying, well, Pittman is your one. Somebody's got to be the two. I'm going Paris Campbell over, um, Ashton Doolin. Um, it seems like there's somebody there I'm forgetting as well.
3: Mike Strachan.
1: Yeah. So I'm still going Paris Campbell. Uh, As the two, but this may be the week that you get some action. You know, Kylan Granson was getting some attention. Mo Ali Cox. um, And then Naheem Hines uh, is probably going to get a little more passing work. You may see more of Hines and um, Jonathan Taylor on the field together if uh, they don't feel comfortable with uh, the, the other wide receivers.
3: Yeah, that's where I would lean. Hines probably would be the one I would think to get an uptick in work. I am not taking a chance on any of the other receivers. We just haven't seen enough consistency.
2: Plus, we know how much Frank Reich loves Naheem Hines, so probably he'll out-snap Jonathan Taylor this week after the – Does He adopted Naheem
1: Hines. He loved Naheem Hines like uh, Sean Payton loved Taysom Hill.
2: I think more so actually it's he might've legally adopted him. I think the paperwork is still being worked through the, you know, there's a the whole court system, everything you got to go through, but rumor has that the, 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 papers were filed on the Jacksonville side here, Matt, how are we feeling about James Robinson?
3: <laughs> you know, I liked what we saw from Robinson in week one. Um, it was a disappointing final outcome for the Colts, but they actually did a pretty decent job bottling up the, the running game. We didn't get a lot from Damon Pierce from the Texans. How much of that is the Texans? How much of that is the Colts' defense? This game will probably give us a better impression. Robinson, though, for me, is the Jaguars running back. I am starting if I'm choosing to start one. Yeah,
1: I, I'm i starting him with trepidation. I I need to see more. I, I mean, he somebody's got to be the first to come back from an Achilles tear and be productive like they were previously, and maybe that's James Robinson. Maybe because he wasn't, you know, super bursty to begin with, that helps him. But, but I, I'm still nervous starting him. Um, but I think based on his opportunity in production, you, you do.
2: Yeah, I mean, he looks better than ETN. It was uh, insane to say from a dude who f- I feel like literally tore his Achilles like a month ago. Obviously, it wasn't, but it was insane to watch him go out there and be that good. And I think it's got to make you worried about Cam Akers as well and, and how bad necessarily he looked last week. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts to bounce back here. I think I think they get get off the schneid and get a win.
1: Colts for me.
3: It, damn, I better be the Colts.
0: Yeah.
2: The 1-0 Miami Dolphins are going to play in Baltimore against the 1-0 Ravens. Dennis, is Chase Edmonds a top 25 play this week? If
1: he is, he's 25. Um I, I'm that offense is based around um you know Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and Tua Tungavailoa. I will say I I'm I want to start Chase Edmonds way more than I want to start Mike Gesicki. That's for dang sure. Um, But, you know, he's nothing more than a flex at this point. Until we see that offense play out and start to get consistent in what they're trying to do, it's really just the freakishly speedy and athletic wide receivers for me.
3: Look, I have Chase Edmonds behind Melvin Gordon. And we all know how I feel about Melvin Gordon. I was thinking Miami's running game might be kind of fun with uh, Mike McDaniel coming over there. We did not see fun in Week One, and Baltimore's got a decent defense. So I, I'm not bullish on Chase Edmonds or anyone in the backfield for Miami.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I I would avoid them. It's really just Tyree Kill, probably Jalen Waddle. I feel. Waddle's still, I think, going to be really good, but it's just the receiving core for me on the Dolphins' side of things. No Dobbins in Week 1 here, Dennis, but rumors are that he might actually play this week. If he does, how do you feel about the Ravens' run game?
1: Well, he certainly makes it better. You know, we saw in his rookie season just how productive that he can be. It's, you know, as much as I want to buy into him being back and ready to go, I, I feel like the team is gonna make him split carries with Kenyon Drake this week. And they already have Lamar. Now last week he, Lamar is trying to not run. Excuse me. And he did a very good job of that last week. So I I think that giving giving Dobbins another week. If I can, if I can get away with not starting him this week, I'll feel way better about what I'm seeing. And, and if he comes in and goes off this week, then so be it. But coming back from the injury and you you, you hear players talk all the time about being back and then the coach stifles them um, because they're really not ready. And, and I kind of feel a little bit about that's what happened last week. You know, he was talking about being ready this week. He's like, Hey, I appreciate my coaches doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. You know, now I'm really ready. Well, you know, I'm from Missouri. You got to show me.
2: Show me state, right?
3: (laughs) He, you know, he, he had a good full week of practice. Um, I am optimistic he's going to make his season debut. But that being said, I'm I'm like Dennis. So I have a little bit of caution, so I I put him down. I'm still hoping for low end RB two, though. I'd be excited to see him back.
2: Hey, you know we talked about this a little bit. We did the Ravens preview episode. Like, if he gets the red zone touches, if he just gets into the end zone once or twice that makes your day like right now i think that's all you're hoping for with him because i agree like they didn't bring Kenyon drake in for no reason he's gonna play for a little bit at least until gus edwards comes back i don't think they want to rush dubbins dubbins dobbins out there and and possibly cause him to get injured again i don't know for those of you who did not see the interview that he did recently but he told me he injured, like, his entire leg. It felt like he, like, literally tore every single muscle in his leg. Based, on, I felt like he went on a list of, like, 30 things he listed he injured. So he he suffered a fairly serious injury. I don't think they want to rush him out there. I'm taking the Ravens. I wasn't overall impressed with Miami's performance week one. I just think Baltimore right now is the better team. I think it's going to be a good game, but I'm taking Baltimore.
1: Ravens for me. And for me.
2: The 0-1 Atlanta Falcons at the 0-1 Los Angeles Rams. Matt, should we have any concerns about Kyle Pitts?
3: I have concerns about all the pass catchers in Atlanta because the passing offense didn't look particularly robust. Um, It also looks like they are kind of keying on him. I love the talent. Um, Atlanta's offense was both better than we expected in week one and not as good as we expected. They were better in that they put up points, and the running game looked great, and Mariota looked great as a runner. The passing game been a little bit slower to come around, and I'm not sure a date with what promises to be a rested and angry Rams team is going to be the salve to uh, cure
1: those ills. Yeah, the, the issue with Pitts wasn't opportunity. It was converting. So he had tied with London for the lead in targets you know, there, there's not going to be a lot of targets in Atlanta. Uh, He only threw the ball 33 times, but Arthur Smith and Marcus Mariota seem to know that when you do throw the ball, you throw it to Kyle Pitts and Drake London. So I I'm not worried about Kyle Pitts moving forward. He's going to get plenty of opportunity and he's going to convert. And I think as the team continues to gel, you know, They'll take more of those chances and more of those opportunities, and it'll, it'll be uh, good for the production.
2: Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And, as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is T-P-P-N, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code T-P-P-N, only at Sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Yeah, I felt like they left him in to block a lot, but, I mean, as Dennis mentioned, he he got a lot of targets. I think it's just one of those weeks where we, we knew this coming into Marcus Mariota, not the most accurate quarterback in the world. I think that he'll end up being fine. I also think, as Matt mentioned, a rested and pissed off Rams team, and they're going to Los Angeles to play them. Wouldn't be surprised if Marcus Mariota really struggles in this game. We'll see a little bit of Desmond Ritter. Just saying. On the Rams side here, Dennis, as we were all in on Al Robinson, they were sleepovers together, eating breakfast, making each other dinner. Wives are best friends. I mean, like, they're the three best friends that anybody could have. And Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Allen Robinson. And then the game started, and it was like Matt Stafford and Sean McVay forgot Allen Robinson even played for the Rams. Are are we good this week? I,
1: I, I think so. I mean, it's a perfect opportunity for a bounce back. And it's not like Robinson wasn't open. He got open. So... And and I think Matt Stafford is smart enough to go back and look at the film, and he's going to see plenty of opportunities where he could have made plays with Robinson where he tried other stuff. He made other passes that didn't necessarily convert. So I, I think that they'll grow from this, and it's going to be fine. Robinson is going to get his share of the targets as the number two wide receiver. Make no bones about it. Cooper Cup is the number one there. Uh, If anybody comes close to Cooper Cup in targets in a single game this year, I would be completely shocked. But this sets up to be a great opportunity for the Rams to bounce back defensively and offensively. Uh, I I don't know what I'm looking for from Cam Akers, but I think Daryl Henderson will be fine. And I I think you're looking at probably – six to eight targets and four to five catches for Allen Robinson and probably a touchdown.
3: Yeah. It'd hard be any worse than he was um, really opening night. He had
1: Gabe Davis had the
3: game that I think we thought Allen Robinson was going to have. It just didn't look like they were looking for him. I think they will make a little bit more of an effort, but at the same time, I'm not as bullish as I was last week. I want to see him work and get integrated into the offense. I also think, there is a chance this game is not as competitive as we assumed the game was going to be last week against the Bills, in which case sometimes though, you don't get as many opportunities.
2: Yeah, I I agree there. I am taking the Rams. I'm, I don't think there's any shot Atlanta Woods this game.
1: Yeah, me too.
3: I'm also taking the Rams.
2: The one and 0 fighting Geno Smith in Seattle, the Seahawks are going up against the 0 and one San Francisco 49ers. Matt, is Geno Smith a serious super flex consideration for you this week?
3: You know, he did a lot better than I expected, at least in the first half. He found some success. He wasn't wildly successful in the second half as you know, Denver's defense seemed to get more on track. <clears throat> I actually thought the 49ers defense was pretty good last week. Um so for me, I can see why you might make a case and might have gotten excited about, it, but Gino is going to remain kind of in that high
1: end QB three for me. Yeah, I mean, he threw the ball only twenty eight times. They want, they just weren't productive as an offense. I mean, Rashad Penny had twelve carries, Geno Smith six, Travis Homer one. So they only ran it nineteen times, only threw it twenty eight. Uh, and, and he only had 195 yards passing. Now, sometimes you know the receivers got to make some plays for him and, and pick up some yardage to make it to make those numbers look good. But that's not a, a guy I'm looking to run out there um, as my QB two super Superflex.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I, it was a really great performance, but we've just seen over his career he's failed to remain consistent. And I think San Francisco is going to be pretty pissed off after losing to San, uh, to Chicago in week one. I think they're going to come out here with a little bit of their hairs on fire. Dennis, no Elijah Mitchell. How do you feel about the 49ers backfield?
1: Jeff Wilson, baby. Jeff Wilson. I mean, the battle between the running backs is not including Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson is the backup to Elijah Mitchell. And then tyrion Davis price and Jordan Todman. Are I think I got the name right. Uh, they're battling to see who's going to be the number three running back, uh, number two running back this week w- with Mitchell Louder for the next few weeks. But Jeff Wilson is going to, uh, until he breaks down, which, you know, unfortunately I, it seems like he invariably does, Jeff Wilson's going to be the guy there. You know, Trey Lance is going to get some run. Debo Samuel is going to get some run. Um, But unless they have a lot of designed runs for Trey Lance, I would expect 15 carries out of Jeff Wilson. The top
3: two rushing options for the 49ers are Debo Samuel and Trey Lance. Jeff Wilson's an okay flex play for me, but I I don't think, you know, I think seeing how they were running the offense the last couple weeks, they fully intend to continue using Debo Samuel as a big. Um, piece of that rush offense, and it works for them. Yeah,
2: yeah. I would not be surprised if Debo sees a ton more carries, unfortunately for him. Uh, I'm going to take the Niners to come back and win this game.
3: Niners for me. I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks.
2: Nice. The 0-1 Cincinnati Bengals at the 0-1 Dallas Cowboys. Matt, if T. Higgins does suit up, are you willing to play him?
3: Yeah, he's coming off that concussion, um, he's still listed as questionable.
2: <clears throat> I
3: think Cincinnati should have a much easier time with Dallas than they did the week prior, although Dallas can rush the passer, and that was a big problem. I think for me, I'm much more cautious on T. Higgins this week. I think they're going to take it easy. If I have to play him, I'm expecting flex range value. I don't think he's going to be a high-end
1: wide receiver too. Yeah, I, I think, you know, if they clear him, uh, they they should have an edge over Dallas because Dallas with Cooper Rush is just going to not be great. But if they're running Higgins out, if they've determined that he's healthy and he's going to play, then I think you, you do start him. We, we've seen how good he is and how good he can be. So I I'm just not ready to sit him on my bench when the team says he's healthy.
2: Yeah, I think my biggest fear with him is, is well, if they clear him, he's clearly back from the concussion. They're not going to send him out there if he's still dealing with any effects. So I'm um, uh, if he's out there, if they say he's healthy, I'm willing to play him I think he's going to get targeted heavily. I still think Trayvon Diggs is a good cornerback. I think he likely matches up with Chase more often than not. Dennis, if, how do we? F- if
1: Diggs matches up with Chase, Diggs may break the single game receiver. Chase may break the single
2: game receiving. I record. don't know about that. Diggs is still a very good cornerback. He allows a big he's, play, but he's so does terrible, say, terrible in coverage. Yeah, I disagree with that. CeeDee Lamb, though, are you willing to start him now knowing Cooper Rush will be the quarterback?
1: Man, I, I feel like they're going to throw, have to throw the ball, especially if they get behind, and they're going to throw it to their best receiver. Dennis Houston. So I I don't know. Um, No, I I think it it isn't like they're going to turtle up. And while they're going to maybe try to run the ball more and control things with the defense, uh, they're still going to have to throw the ball. And and CD had 11 targets last week. He just didn't convert them. Um, Some of the throws weren't great. He was still getting targeted after Dak went out. So I think you do start him. I think you you lower expectations. Um, and hopefully he makes at least one big play that, you know, gives his production a boost. Um, but I, I think, you know, he's probably in wide receiver two, maybe even wide receiver three range, you know, but if he finishes as wide receiver 26 or 27, that's still productive. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I mean, with Lamb, I don't think you're dropping him out, but I have him in wide receiver three range. He did get 11 targets. He only managed to catch two. And we saw last week Cincinnati against a quarterback in Mitch Trubisky who might be a little bit better than Cooper Rush, was able to contain Deontay Johnson and contain Chase Claypool and contain George Pickens. Dallas doesn't have that many options. I like Dalton
2: Schultz a lot better in this game than than my confidence in Lamb. I agree. Dalton Schultz, I feel really comfortable starting. The problem with that with Lamb is you probably don't have anybody better because of where you drafted him. So you're kind of starting him, but I think you have to, as we talked about you know, a little bit on Wednesday when we talked about Moon Matt and myself talked about our top rankings, like you've got to lower expectations on him, unfortunately. Uh, I am taking the Bengals to win the game.
1: Same. It's a clean sweep again.
2: The 0-1 Arizona Cardinals going up against the 0-1 Las Vegas Raiders. Dennis, what do we expect from the Cardinals? Uh, I'm sorry, from the Raiders' backfield.
1: I think it's, you know, you're going to get a dose of Brandon Bolden as the receiving back. Josh Jacobs is the the early down grinder. Um, I don't have a ton of hope for um the raiders or or for jacobs as far as being able to put up big numbers i i think he's that offense is going to make him grind he you know how frustrated we got w- with you know damian harris 18 carries for 90 yards and that was it you know this is what i think josh jacobs future looks like for um Uh, playing under Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I mean...
3: There was some success, obviously, for the Chiefs running against the Cardinals last week. The Raiders are at home. I think you're still starting Jacobs. I've just dropped him down a little bit in my order. What was interesting is there was a lot of talk that Amir Abdullah was going to be kind of their passing back there, James White. It seems like that really did shift to Brandon Bolden, which could give him some interesting deep-leak flex appeal.
2: For yeah, the oh, go ahead. Dennis. I was
1: gonna say I, I wanted to, I there was I had a stretch where I'm like looks like Amir Abdullah is gonna get that job, but but I in the back of my mind I just kept going, man, they brought in Brandon Bolden and he was doing it. And then you look, and Bolden's been in the league like eleven or twelve years, career special teamer, and it was just it's like I wanted so hard to buy into um uh, uh Amir Abdullah but I just couldn't do it because I didn't trust Josh McDaniels
2: for the Cardinals side here, Dennis, what do you expect from Marquise Hollywood Brown and the passing attack? That's,
1: you know, he's really the only game in town. Do do we really believe in Greg Dortch? Uh, I mean,
3: I actually kind of do Rondo got ruled out.
1: I know. And it's like, but do you, I mean what Dortch had what nine catches last week? Mm-hmm. Is it, is that going to be sustainable? i I I don't know that it is, but I, I'm not a believer in Kyler Murray. And so I do discount Marquise Brown because of that. But I feel like I, I feel like Murray wants to show, hey, there's a reason we were good in college, and there's a reason we'll be good. And at some point I, I feel like before DeAndre Hopkins gets back we're going to have a Marquise Brown, you know, 15 or 18 target kind of game. I don't know if this is the week, uh, but I think the Cardinals kind of want to prove that they're still okay, that Kyler Murray's okay, even though he got that contract extension, he's still working hard. I I, I think Brown gets volume and opportunity, but I don't know – I I don't think he's going to be terribly efficient.
3: Yeah, I still think it's Brown and then probably Ertz are are the focal points here. If there was possible for teams to be uh, desperate in week two, I think both these teams are. Both had um, some high expectations and aspirations coming into the season. The Cardinals looked horrendous in week one, they look horrendous on both phases. And if fall off a cliff, Kingsbury starts 0 and two. I think that's a grim sign.
2: Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, I think the Raiders are more desperate because of their division. That, I mean, you fall behind Owen two, That is going to, to be rough to try and climb out of at least Arizona right now. The NSC West looks manageable. I, I think Brown will be fine in the long run. I, I'm going to take the Raiders. I think they bounce back and get the win here.
3: I have the Raiders as well. So do I. It's scaring me that we're all in lockstep this week.
2: Sticking in the AFC West here, the Houston Texans at one are traveling to Denver to play the and one Broncos. Matt, Jerry, Judy, or Cortland Sutton?
3: You know, both of them got about the same targets. Both of them caught four passes. I thought they both looked good. I'm still going with Sutton. Um, I actually have them back-to-back in my receiver rankings, but I think it's
1: Sutton's time. Yeah, I think I think there there's not going to be a ton of separation in them. Um, I, it's going to come down to who gets the touchdown each week. You know, can they can Russell make both of them valid? He he did it in uh, Seattle with uh, Metcalf and uh, Lockett and Baldwin and Lockett, and so I'm not terribly worried that we we need to be picking one over the other at, at this point. Um, but I'm team Sutton.
2: As am I. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. We got to give him a couple of weeks. I know he was there all off season, everything, but it takes a little bit of time to build that chemistry. On the Houston Texans side, Matt, I mean Is OJ how is he going to do it again? OJ Howard going to do it again? Is he fantasy relevant?
3: Eight receptions, 102 yards, two touchdowns. That's what the Broncos secondary gave up to three tight ends in the Seattle Seahawks in that opener, and that was before Justin Simmons went on the IR and was lost for four games. I am very worried about OJ Howard.
1: Uh, I think Brevin Jordan is the guy. He, you know, Howard played what, twelve snaps, ten snaps. I mean, he he. He maximized though. He, he did. He did. And Lovey Smith is out on
3: Brevin Jordan. We all like Brevin Jordan, but in the offseason, it was like, no, no, we got Farrell Brown. And when they decided that wasn't going to work out, they went and scoured the waiver wire and pulled somebody up. I feel like they're at this point in time saying that they would rather have anyone at tight end be a focal point in
2: that offense than Brevin Jordan. Uh, I think it's because he's old school. Brevin Jordan is not your old school tight end build. I think that's 100% what it is. That's why he goes and gets the big, lumbering O.J. Howard.
3: Whoever plays tight end, I'm concerned.
2: I mean, I wouldn't doubt he has a good week this week. I'm not picking him up, though. I don't think that that continues. Could be wrong. I'm taking the Broncos to win the game. Me as well.
3: If the Broncos don't win the game, Dennis, I hope you enjoy a solo show on Monday.
2: The Sunday night game, the 1-0 Chicago Bears had to Green Bay to face the 0-1 Green Bay Packers. Dennis, how do we feel about David Montgomery and Darnell Mooney going up against this Packers defense?
1: You know, I think Montgomery has been plagued with inefficiency his entire career, and while he's been quote-unquote productive uh, and I've liked him, I I think that – I think Khalil Herbert is, you know, starting to nip at his heels. Uh, Montgomery isn't going to be back with the the Bears next year, and I think that uh, Albert Flus, Eberflus is going to start to, as the season goes on, kind of start to look at uh, Khalil Herbert and Tristan Ebner. Um, it's I, I I think until you, you start Montgomery as a low-end RB2 flex guy, uh until he doesn't get the volume. Once he, I mean, he he get once he stops getting volume, then then you move on. Um, but I mean it's gonna be I, I'm still waiting to see like what really is the Bears offense outside of a torrential downpour, you know, when they're not playing in a swamp. So I'm interested to see what it looks like this week. Uh, be nice if they had a cupcake so we could get a feel for it. But they don't on defense. They've got a, a pretty good uh, in divisional matchup. And so it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of iffy on Montgomery being productive.
3: Yeah, I don't want to dump on the Bears, but their line didn't look good. Um, their offense, you know, Justin Fields, Made the most of the opportunities he had But Green Bay has a decent defense They spend a lot of time investing in defense They're back home They're another team that's liable to be pissed off I don't think either Montgomery or Mooney Finished top 24 this week
2: Matt, Alan Lazard is expected to be back Are you playing him?
3: I sure as am. Um, You know, I don't think there was any receiver That Aaron Rodgers saw last week That would have put him off Throwing the ball to Alan Lazard 95 times When he gets on the field
2: if he can get open, I think he's in for Devontae Adams type game. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers as he as the Chicago Bears daddy, as he puts it. Uh, I think he bounces back with the win here.
1: Yeah, Packers for me as well. Same.
2: And then the Monday night game, one I'm really not excited about. I think two Monday game. night
3: games this week. Oh,
2: that's right. There are two Monday night games. I forgot about that. And uh, they're think-
3: the two best games of the of the weekend left.
2: I, I, I think this first one's horrible. I think Buffalo will be up 30-something to something by halftime, and the game will be over with. But the 0-1 Tennessee Titans head to Buffalo to play the 1-0 and Bills. Matt, which Titans receiver are you trusting the most?
3: Kyle Phillips. And even then, that's more in flex territory for me. But I, mm-hmm. I don't know what they're doing. It was very befuddling, the Robert Woods situation.
1: You know, it seemed like... They finished up camp and it was leaning towards Woods. And then Westbrook Akini was going to be moving into the slot. Um, And then Kyle Phillips took over and uh, Traylon Burks had four targets. And, you know, they're still a Derrick Henry team and they're going to try to run it. And uh, until we see sort of how it shakes out with this new receiving core, I'm nervous about starting any of them.
2: If I need a big play, I'm going Traylon Burks, but he's a desperate play in the flex. I think he looked good. I know only four targets, but I think he's the best wide receiver on that team. Dennis Ari, do you think we're in for another big game from Devin Singletary?
1: Um, you know, Jeffrey Simmons is pretty good in the middle there, but Devin Singletary's uh, success doesn't necessarily come in the middle. I think Singletary's a better back than he's been given credit for over the last couple of years. Uh, But I also don't think he's a world beater by any stretch. Uh, I like Singletary. I think he's going to get opportunities. Uh, It's concerning that, you know, Zach Moss got six targets and Singletary got, what, just three or something like that, if I remember. Um, I I like Singletary, but I almost feel like Zach Moss is kind of uh, stealth taking the position and going to get some more opportunities because he brings something different to the running game that cook and Singletary don't um, I'm okay. flexing and Singletary, but that's probably the extent of it.
3: Saquon Barkley destroyed the Tennessee defense last week. The Buffalo Bills have Tennessee Titans starting guards from last year on their offensive line, kind of an under-the-radar story. And Devin Singletary not only looked good in week one, he was the lone Buffalo Bills running back not to shit the bed and put the ball on the ground. I think that he's an RB2 this week.
2: I'll give you one better. I think he finishes as an RB1. I I really think they're going to route Tennessee. Singletary looked good, looked good in the playoffs, looked good all preseason. You said it. We've been uh, the entire fantasy community owes Devin Singletary an apology because we've been trying to write that dude off for the past two years. I think he's in for a great year. I'm not worried about couldn't find his way onto the field for the past three years. Zach Moss I, I, or James Cook, who was supposed to be like the next Barry Sanders. I, I don't think either one of them are going to do he's anything.
3: He's remarkably yet. consistent. One carry, one fumble. I mean, Nobody he's on base for-
2: circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. I'm taking the Bills.
1: Me too
3: uh unless you're talking about them circling the wagon train and lighting it on fire i don't think they have to circle the wagons to destroy the titans
2: yeah i'm with you i really wish that these games were swapped because i really think that game's going to be bad did you
3: know both games are going to be on at the same time i did Did not know that they're only only like an
1: hour and 15 minutes i didn't even
2: realize there were two games i was kind of confused as as to why that didn't happen in week one now i know the 1-0 and Minnesota Vikings are at the 1-0 and Philadelphia Eagles. Dennis, aside from Justin Jefferson, is there a Vikings pass catcher you're confident in starting against this Eagles secondary?
1: Um, I, You know, Jefferson's going to draw a lot of attention, and Adam Thielen is still good. Um, I think as long as you're not expecting, you know, 10 catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns out of Thielen, He's, he's probably a wide receiver three, and, you know, they're they're useful. So, you know, I could see Thielen with a, you know, five for 79, maybe a touchdown, that type of uh, production.
3: It was very curious. You know, we didn't get a lot from Thielen or K.J. Osborne, guys, that we thought were going to have bigger roles. Philly invests a lot of money in that defense, and they have a fairly decent secondary. I don't know that I'm bullish on starting any – receiver that's not Justin Jefferson out of Minnesota.
2: Yeah, I mean, Justin Jefferson is just absolutely incredible. I think I'm going to start Osborne, though. I mean, he only had three targets last week, um, but Justin Jefferson only had... Oh, oh, he had 11, my bad. I thought he had less than that. My goodness. But Adam Thielen only had four as well. I think they are going to try and, and cover up JJ and Thielen, which leaves Osborne, I think, open a little bit more in the slot. I think Osborne could have a good game. Because I think this Philadelphia Eagles team is very good. This, I really think this is going to be a good game. What are we doing with Devonta Smith, though, Dennis? I mean, blanked last week because of AJ Brown's dominance. Are you leaving him in your out of your lineup again this week?
1: So no, uh, uh, he's on my bench, but I, I had a couple other pretty good options, and it makes I I want to believe, but I mean, you've got Jalen Hurts running the ball 17 times, Miles Sanders running it 14 times, and while nine of those 17 Hurts rushes were actually dropbacks that he scrambled on. Uh, he's still pulling the ball down and running and not waiting for Devonta Smith to get open. I don't know. It, it makes, I, I think Smith is going to be good, but it makes me nervous that AJ Brown has just um, stomped on the, uh, the usefulness of Devonta Smith like he's Bigfoot or something. But I guess, you know, that's what we saw. I, I think there was a lot of, The mindset, well, AJ Brown's always been efficient with low volume. I know I fell into that camp, but then he got volume, pretty good volume, with Jalen Hurts and that Detroit game. You know, maybe part of it was it was a, you know, a good game and they had they did have to to score a lot of points. But Devonta Smith makes me nervous that he may be very inconsistent.
3: Devonta Smith, you know, I like the idea, but he was only wide receiver 30 last year when he was kind of the only show in town. He's on my bench where he belongs right now uh, until you see. Otherwise, I think there's A.J. Brown there. I like Goddard. They're getting the running game involved, and Jalen Hurts runs a lot.
2: Yeah, I think he's got to be on your bench. As much as I love him as a player, I mean, Matt mentioned he was wide receiver 30 for fantasy. Almost broke 1,000 yards, though, as a rookie. I thought... With Jalen Hurts at quarterback, and with A.J. Brown coming over, thought he was going to have a better season, but it's not looking great right now. I just I don't know where you can get the confidence to start him. I'm taking the Eagles to win this game. Yeah, I'm going, taking the Eagles. I'm going Minnesota. All right, so that will do it for us today. Everybody, enjoy your weekends. Good luck sunday and monday i uh, hope you're able to pull off your wins and we will talk to you guys again dennis and matt will talk to you guys again on monday don't forget to rate and review i went 18 18- prepare for glory i don't know
1: if you got your pop on you ready i came out the room
0: already It is he's the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown i would be honest Throw it up above his head. They can't jump and me, Golly! Only they tackle the four the corner. Who can make a play?
1: I can! Who can make a play? I can! <laughs> <laughs>